Hello everyone, and welcome back to Experience Point Starfinder, your favorite queer Starfinder podcast. If you love our show, we hope you'll rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcasts. Every review brightens our day and helps new listeners to find us. We don't pay to advertise any of the podcasts on the Experience Points Network, so we hope you'll recommend us to your friends and just about anyone. If you'd like to support us, we hope you'll consider joining our Patreon. We would be lost without our patrons. You keep our mics on and our dice rolling. We've got some great rewards, so check them out at patreon.com slash experience points. Hello, and welcome everybody to our stream today. Um, my name is Kenny, my pronouns are he, they, and this is the amazing, wonderful, fabulous cast. Uh, hi, Steph. Hello. <laughs> I'm was... on it today. <laughs> it's okay. We're all like, we're here. Let's do this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, all. I'm Steph. Um, I play our Goran Salarian Navu Paleglade. I almost said my old character, and I blame you both. <laughs> and, <laughs> and my pronouns are she, her, and Navu's are she, they. Kelric, good morning. Good morning. I am Kelric. I'm playing Thrawny Ecos, who is a Patra Witch Warper ace pilot. His pronouns are he, him, and he has a pet squawks named Shimsy, whose pronouns are she. Wonderful. And Mackenzie, how's it going? Pretty good. Uh, I'm Mackenzie, and my pronouns are she, her, and I play our human envoy icon, Dr. Josephine, aka Joe Pepper. And uh, her pronouns are also she, her. Fantastic. Uh, not with us today is PB. She is not feeling great. She will be back at another time. Uh, so uh, we are not going to finish the AP today. Today, we are going through a reality shift. Um, so in, in that vein, let's talk about our characters a little bit. So, Steph, uh, tell me uh, a little bit more about Nauvoo, uh, what they look like, what their career is, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I imagine they're a tall being, probably topping out of 6'5", okay. give or take. So tall. And upon, like from a distance, they just look like they've got a little bit of like a green-brown cast to the majority of their skin. Mm-hmm. Um, on closer inspection, it is a kind of twisted collection of like vines and rind. So it's not quite looking like Groot. It's a little bit more solid. Okay. And covered in a bit of green moss, which is what gives it that green look. Mm-hmm. Um, their face is actually more noticeable because it is covered in thousands of layers of blue petals. Nice. So blue face. Yeah. <laughs> With a thick braid of green vines on the top of their head. Like it would look like a mohawk, but to kind of keep it in place, they have it back in a braid. And so like we, we've said the, the species is uh Goran, and so they're they're more like this plant type being, right? Yes. Okay. And that makes for some interesting things when you're trying to think about like what they would wear. Right. And I went a little bit more like 
futury Asian influence just because I had a lot of trouble picturing them in things with like snaps and zippers. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, it's a high collared when when not wearing armor, <laughs> I should add. It's a high collared top, um, no sleeves because they would just get it in the way. And normally they're wearing a lab coat mm-hmm. <laughs> because they are a scientist slash scholar. That is a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The clothes themselves are a pale yellow with like powder blue and like powdered pink detailing on it. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it kind of closes shut with toggles. So like in like a very Asian styled. Mm -hmm. But obviously trying not to go for cultural appropriation. So I don't have like the it's like appropriate a, it, world appropriate lingo. Like a wrap. Uh, so it wraps and clasps yes. across the chest. Okay. Yes. Nice. And um, you're not really sure whether or not they're wearing boots or it's just their feet <laughs> from the look of it. I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> the yep. thing that people forget about Navu is that they are a astrophysicist. Nice. Okay. I am not very good with the lingo, but I try. <laughs> there are stars, and they, I they... fake it. Pick one word and then just throw it out. All I watch episodes. a lot of because science. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you've got to be a fake scientist, right? Like me, and then it then it helps. <laughs> yeah, the fake scientist is behind the mic. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. Um, I think we're we're dealing with a slight delay. Um, so apologies for everyone who is listening and watching. Um, so um, we'll um, come back to Navu in a moment uh, to talk about future vision and stuff like that. Uh, but let's jump to Elric and his Patra Thrani. All right. So my Patra, a Patra is a cat person, basically. They come with some really cool dex <laughs> benefits, which I was like, I could use that. <laughs> so they're uh, sort of cheetah-spotted looking. They're about 5'10", almond-shaped eyes, and almond-colored eyes. And I think it's real hard to describe anything unique about the cat person look. I, I don't picture them as Khajiit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're... Um, Kashits are um, like the cat people from Skyrim. Yes. Okay. In in the case of Thrawny, there it's a it's a more sleek look. So it's you know the shorter fur, the more visible sort of facial features. And so that's about as far as I've really gotten with them, as far as what their face looks like. Like it's standard cat face. So like short hair, but not quite like a hairless cat short hair. Definitely not the hairless cat. No, no, no <laughs> not that. As for clothes, uh, Thrawny is not super particular. Like they're really, I, I kind of picture Thrawny taking on this sort of like a homeless per- kid who has been able to get off the streets and doesn't really have all that much to pull together. And so Thrawny just sort of like they got this ship and keeping the ship running is where all of their credits in effort goes and so clothes have just sort of been a very secondary concern for him and so he just very hodgepodge in their clothes like oh is this a thrift store what do they have that fits me perfect 
The only thing that they know that they like as far as clothes is, is things that are red. So they do wear a little bit more <laughs> things that are red, and that's about it. So Thrani really hasn't had a whole lot of time to think about themselves and what their appearance is. Their concentration is more on... Keeping the hoopty running. Gotcha. <laughs> and that's, that's what they're... That's, that's a full-time life. <laughs> <laughs> the hoopty is awesome, and they love the hoopty. So they're... Yeah, that's what the, that's where that's how they can make a living and survive. So that's what they've been doing outside of, you know, they've been trying to build that uh, travel blog, which has worked sort of well, thanks to, you know, advertiser advertising for people like Dr. Joe Pepper and a few others. But it's all very where is the next whatever coming from sort of life. Yeah. And so they've been, that's why they've been so grateful to have this crew because it, it's added that stability and family and taken some of those pressures off. But, you know, having everyone together has not been very long. And that's why they took the loss of Major Tom so, so hard. They're like, oh, I don't know what we're going to do now because that's, that's more change. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. We will come back a little bit more to Thrani here in a moment, but let's talk with Mackenzie about Dr. Joe Pepper. Yeah, um, just like what she looks like, her vibe, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I remember she got a decent description because she came in kind of recently. Right, and but, so we, yeah. we're, we're good with new people. It's just all the people who have been around for a while were like, eh, it's fine. Yeah, but I mean, I can, yeah, I can give another. She's sort of like, yeah, she's a human, so she's she looks like a human. <laughs> thing um she has like i think she has very like kind of angular features like like weird like strangely sharp kind of like like a pointed nose and a very like sharp chin and she sort of has this um this auburn mahogany ish like i don't even know what to, like kind of dr pepper maroon mm-hmm. colored um like the shaggy hair that's kind of swept over to the side but it's like it, it's like it's like intentionally messy if that makes sense it's like she definitely worked to make it that look like that but it looks messy mm-hmm. um it's like her it's definitely part of a brand i guess <laughs> um and she uh yeah she wears these sort of like rounded uh kind of coppery glasses that mm-hmm. um don't necessarily have lenses in them they just are like frames more so and yeah, she's usually, I feel like she's usually maybe in sort of um, like a kind of comfortable, like black, uh, like turtleneck with her like lab coat, her like dark lab coat on with her sort of uh, not engraved, but what do you call that? Uh, embroidered, mm-hmm. embroidered name on her chest. And and in the inside, it's, it's like an armored, it's like an armored <laughs> uh uh, lab coats on the inside. There's like plates of armor in there, so she can use it as armor. From um, daywear to survival. <laughs> yeah, she wears like high waisted, like maroon pants, and then like these like kind of combat boots, and always has like a. I think she likes to have like a toothpick in her mouth, mm-hmm. um, and that's sort of like aesthetically what she looks like. And, and then she just sort of, yeah, I think she's um, she is book smart in a way, but not too book smart. <laughs> she definitely <laughs> relies on her, like she's more intelligent than wise, but she relies on her charisma to get her through everything. I think she probably came from a pretty privileged family. Mm. And so she's used to kind of just like coasting and getting kind of what she wants. And her kind of glistening personality has a lot of, and her privilege combined have like allotted her the ability to kind of just journey and travel and, and sort of build this brand as this sort of self-help 
doctor who can really connect with people and like change their lives through her medicine that isn't actually medicine. Yeah. <laughs> Just knowing how to talk to somebody <laughs> and convince them of what they want or what they think they want. And I think that's sort of, she's definitely like a Dr. Phil type of doctor. If, um, uh, but if you ever try to say she's not a doctor, she will definitely be offended by that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay. So Steph, um, Navu, um, what, so they're this astrophysicist. They were, when we picked up with the story, they've been with the, the crew of the Hoopty for a little while, a couple months, I think. They were doing research um, prior to that. Their pursuits more scholarly, like what do they want to be recognized for? I do think that their pursuits tend to be more scholarly, like the adventuring life, for lack of, to use the D and D terms, um, kind of found them when mm-hmm. they met up with Major Tom and Thrani and you know and Yi. It just kind of happened, and they wanted to explore the Solarian part of it a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, because it is another one of those things I believe came up when we did our session zero, that Navu got their Solarian abilities through their studies, right? And as a result of, so you know, perfect world, they wanted to be working at Far Portal Station. Mm-hmm. And getting to up close and personal study, you know, space phenomena for themselves, not just on like Casterval at a university. Right. Like, I know most of those positions, you know, in the, you know, our world tend to be connected to universities, if not like NASA. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I imagine there being something similar to that in this world although it's with the complexity of their multiple different worlds and different federations that you know can govern different space bodies that are being studied so it's much more complicated to get involved yeah well and i think that there's just this whole swath of choice out there and so figuring out how to focus and figuring out what their um their their drive is like so like what do you think would be Navu's like main um inspiration i guess a lot of it is just wanting to know more mm-hmm. they are a curious being and goran have this feature where they draw on past lives mm. and i feel like whoever Navu's predecessor was because that was one of the things I've been struggling with for a while like they don't really have family Mm -hmm. in the way that a lot of us more carbon based being you know fleshy people you know because we're mammals Mm -hmm. Navu's not a mammal (laughs) Navu came from a seed and you know they grow up pretty quickly and they aren't necessarily nurtured by family and I think they came from somebody who was going off into war mm. and was preserving the piece of themselves that was optimistic. And that really influenced who they became in terms of following those passions to 
you know, learning about space and not necessarily space travel, but just like celestial bodies. Yeah, that's awesome. And learning more about like the disappearance of Galarian and the death mm -hmm. of Eox and all those sorts of fun things. That's super cool. It, it gives me very hard uh, uh, Star Trek DS9, Jadzia uh, yeah. Dax vibes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what I've been drawing on a bit are the, you know, Dax and the, I can't remember the name of that species in Star Trek right uh, now. I don't I remember. Bajoran. Bajoran's not right, but no. I'll look it up later. Yep. <laughs> it's going to bother me because mm -hmm. a lot of Is people. It the troll? Nope. Oh, no. no. Maybe. Oh, I will look it up later and I will tweet it out <laughs> when this episode goes out on this on the cast because I know a lot of people like to talk about Dax and how in a alien spacey way it was kind of tr early trans representation or at least a lot of people take it as trans coding. Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really awesome. Um, all right. Cool. Well, thanks for that. Um, Kelric, what? Yes. Tell me about Thrawny and Ambition. <laughs> so, Thrawny has a lot of stuff going on there because on his homeworld, they have a very regimented way of saying where people belong. And according to their methods, Thrawny was complete middle of the road, nothing special, allocated to doing just menial stuff as, as they grow, grew up. And then they went through that teenage trial and did better than they thought, than anyone thought they would, or certainly better than they thought they would because they were always told that they were only good for this other thing. Mm -hmm. And then they left. Thrawny hasn't run into any Patra in the time they've been away, but you know they have this thing where they have this little mantra for themselves where they, they want when they have those images of those interactions with someone they might have known or a patra from back home where that they want to leave and have that person say, Hey, look at him and where he is these days, you know, admiringly. And, you know, they have this whole belief that when life is hard, you, you have to change. And so that's what Thrani does is Thrani tries to change with the situation to be adaptable in order to survive because they want to they want to thrive i mean they're super proud of having the hoopty and like they see its flaws but they love their ship because they got it fair and square like they didn't it's more than anyone ever said that they'd be able to do and he's just super proud of that having a ship having family a pride you know is something mm -hmm. that really looking for which is they take their friend bonds very very seriously to the point where in the episode you know past where steph and i were semi arguing about spending my resolve points to save steph and not leave enough for thrawny that's very much what thrawny would do because their friends mean their friends are chosen family and that's a big big commitment and deal to him nice that's awesome let's talk a little bit about Joe Pepper and celebrity. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, I think that I, like as I think of her as being deep, like kind of youngish, mm -hmm. um, and like maybe late twenties, early thirties, and so she like still has a lot that she wants to 
do. I don't like, I, I think that she has a name for herself. I think as part of being like the icon on paper is like that she's recognizable to certain people and that like, like I definitely think she's a book out maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe is writing her second. Uh, <laughs> it's been touring with a book. <laughs> but I think that, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I need to even just think about myself of like what would pull her to sort of wanting to be a slug. What pulls anybody to wanting to be a mm-hmm. celebrity i mean are you bored and you just like want to do it like or is it this weird almost like sociopathic urge you have <laughs> to be seen by other people you know like um like i have to really like i think i need to dig deep on deeper for myself on like what makes her want to do this um well, let me ask a, a guiding question uh real yeah. quick so first off thank you for calling early 30s youngish that's awesome uh, um, <laughs> second off it is young it's very young ah <laughs> uh, thank you um no and and second off uh so what do you think was a defining moment that joe pepper realized that she is seen <laughs> like what what do you think was like the first time yeah. that she's like oh no people are like listening to me or watching me so my partner has this brother who's just he is he's just weird charismatic magnetic human being and rachel always describes him as like the like it's almost like he just came out and he was like a kid from a commercial and like he always got picked for everything and he always um was like the kid that was like in front of class and i can imagine joe being like that like the kid that like inexplicably gets picked to volunteer for all like anything fun like if you go to harry potter world and they pick a kid to to get the wand it's like oh that kid yeah like (laughs) like i think she's just like i think that she just has this like magnetism that like that maybe um and i feel like if she yeah she came from a more privileged family like i think her parents probably had her around people a lot and she was like that kid that they would parade in front of their friends and be like look how talented and amazing my kid is and she would just sort of like kind of have to dance (laughs) for these uh for these sort of adults but she i think she sort of enjoyed i think she enjoys attention i think she has to um and i don't know i could imagine her just being like this sort of magnetic kid that always gets picked a volunteer always gets like scouted like oh you should be that that kid should be a model like i don't know like you know like (laughs) things like that i think that was just her life growing up so it felt like this when she realized she could use that to her advantage at dealing with people and creating sort of a legacy for herself i think she maybe took it started to take advantage of that and i think that maybe is what it's rooted in like Mm -hmm legacy and being remembered and like people knowing who you are well after you're gone i think that's sort of like a big purpose and pursuing a celebrity of some sort that's awesome all right so let's bounce into a little bit more of the story today um you all are finding yourself um in the gd hoopty this is another time i know that joe has never yeah joe has never been into the hoopty before let's call this indeterminate future <laughs> hey now we have to survive because we're <laughs> in the ship now sure let's go with that <laughs> exactly you can't kill us now 
So um, Yi is back in the engine room working away um, on the drift engine. I imagine, where are you going right now? So let's give Navu the, the captain's badge. If this is after the events on the burning archipelago, we're going somewhere where we could like chill. <laughs> it is decompression time. We have been paid. We're just waiting for our ship, our new ship. <laughs> so probably going to Absalom because they've got everything there. Okay. And all of the illicit things that I am sure that Yi and Thrani are going to be looking for. <laughs> the illicit things. <laughs> yeah, you oh, this is news for you. Yeah. What? What? Really? <laughs> you stole the drugs on the ship. Oh, that Dr. Came out of the, Dr. Joe's down. She's out of the far <laughs> portal. It's, it's not that Navu judges them. It's just I have a hard time believing that they would want to smoke somebody who could distantly be related to them. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, you like inhale and you're like, this tastes like my sister. If you'll excuse me, oh my god, you might notice that Thrani has not used any of the smoke intoxicants. Thrani doesn't like the smell of smoke, so Thrani prefers more ingestibles. <laughs> Fair. We've never actually discussed that, other than you guys walking yourselves into a spa, into what you thought was a spa, forgetting that the ship is designed for fire people. <laughs> That is they true. almost that... barbecued themselves, Mackenzie. Oh, that amazing. Was, that was a thing. That the happened. most unpleasant spa experience ever. And you better believe not writing about that because that is our ship. You've <laughs> got to go to a real spa now. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's like, we're going to go to Absalom. It's got everything. Oh, yeah. It's like the Wall of America in space. And this is more money than Thrawny has ever had. <laughs> like, holy smokes. Throny's been playing it super cool. This is more money than Throny has ever seen. I don't even know if I have money. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I I have some money. I have 215 credits. (laughs) As a party, we have like a thousand now. That's not including how much we're going to get paid after we get... I imagine Dr. Joe Pepper is one of those people who walks into like a restaurant and it's like, oh, here's this plate of food. Or like is walking through a mall and someone's like, oh, here's a bag of clothes from this high-end boutique. Thank you. I'll wear these. Yeah, yes. Like, <laughs> like you can have them for when free. Joe Pepper walks in. Just tell just tell them where you got it from. Yes. <laughs> um so okay. Yeah, so you all are in uh the GD Hoopty. I, I don't think you're coming from the Burning Archipelago. I think you're coming from somewhere else. Maybe you had another um, milk run that you felt compelled to do or that you actually had to do for whatever reason. Um, so you were in drift space uh, heading toward uh, Absalom Station. Kel, why don't you describe the GD Hoopty so Mackenzie has a word picture and can then uh, decide where she is and what she might be doing? Yeah, absolutely. So the GD Hoopty lives up to its name. I mean, it's the Galactic Destroyer, which is what the GD is, instead of perhaps something else when it's shortened. But it is, it's the kind of ship 
where it looks like it's held together by a big band-aid almost like things just you could accidentally hit an area and knock off a, a part of the wall and so there's wires loose everywhere it's it's relatively clean i believe that i yeah Tony has token spell and he is very proud of the ship so there's no rust to be found because Thorny will keep it clean but it's the kind of thing where you always want to be sure you know where the nearest escape pod is at any given time because the escape pod is actually in better shape than the ship the bridge is pretty small pretty intimate like we can all sit in our chairs and we've got this cool setup where all you have to do is toggle switch and then anyone is in any different position so like i can go from being a pilot to a gunner just by changing things we have sort of this vr world when we're shooting stuff that you know it we we're all kind of crazy and play it like it's a video game even though we know it's our lives <laughs> and so and when we have firefights um in space it may have sort of that mario brother mario feel to it and you know little explosions and little you know, pixelated ships going pew, pew, all over the place and so you know there and everything's wired so even though you're in vr you can very easily just tie yourself up so it, it's it's a bit of a mess but it's our mess and we love it you're forgetting one key crew member oh yeah so there is a small platform off to the right of the captain's chair that allows our ai to be in existence in full body to be snarky to us their name is a-hole there's a reason for that <laughs> yeah they they are an important crew member that we may have unthinkingly brought aboard <laughs> and, and installed <laughs> an improvement and I love how this came out in a random bonus episode that it tied into our first campaign that <laughs> Absco of all beings designed a <laughs> I mean, so, who else would have done that? <laughs> well, I, mean, I think you may need to tell Mackenzie who Absco is. I'm going to leave that to Kenny. Yeah. Kenny should in can explain that one. Absco is... Uh... A very, very tall um, Verthani, which uh, is a species that um, has uh, skin that they can kind of uh, display any sort of patterns on that they want so they can kind of um, blend in with their surroundings or they can like show off um, different special colors or patterns or things like that. And um, they were very private um and very suspicious of a lot of other people by the end of the campaign they went off with the adventure hook which was um kind of the world ending device in, in that story and they took it upon themselves to um just disappear because that's kind of what they did is they disappeared but uh, absco and personality is snarky yeah, yeah. So um, this this person uh, decided to um, 
while they were on their own adventure, design an AI. And that AI is A-Hole. And they left them for someone else to find. Yes. How long? Yes. You all are... Uh... Oh, and you also forgot the um, the couch. You have a couch. The couch isn't on the bridge. That's why we were constantly trying to send our guest away. That's true. To the family room with the safety couch, which has a library in case you're needing entertainment. And a fern. I also did not mention that of everything, I mean, the ship is kind of run down. The cleanest and actually most comfortable place to be is the bathroom we have on the ship, apparently. It is sparkling. So Christine. I thought we were just doing the flight deck. That's fine. So Dr. Joe Pepper would be where? <laughs> Honestly, now that you mention it, maybe the bathroom. <laughs> like, I think that she's used to certain conditions. And so if it's like the cleanest, nicest place, I think she would probably have like, she'd probably be like sitting on the toilet with her feet up on the, and I think she's like, probably has some sort of like, I don't know, Apple Watch looking thing that she's kind of orating her like book into. Like she's like like orating her thoughts and and will and it's like kind of typing it out like in a kind of a almost like a hologram like screen. Like she's working on her next book mm-hmm. by sitting in the bathroom and orating it to herself. Do you do this with the door closed or the door open? I would do it with the door open. I need everyone to, to <laughs> you know, really hear me. <laughs> but I think that, she, yeah, I think she kind of like, there the couch. But I think that like, as a joke, almost like the, the cleanest room probably would be what attracts her. I, I imagine. Well, depending on how long you've been on the ship, we have a communal sleeping space. Oh, God. Because <laughs> the crew's pretty close. So we have like a small room for us all just all of our bunks in this one room so oh i was thinking one giant like king bed when you said communal <laughs> sleeping space and i was gonna be like no. <laughs> i was like joe will be like nam needs to do it let's get let's get crazy <laughs> yeah she's well, shared a bed with so multiple weird. people before she's like yeah sure and then you guys are like show her bunk beds and she's like oh this is fine too yeah <laughs> Honestly, I think that Thrawny would be more comfortable in that situation if it were just a large bunk bed, because I picture, you know, Patra being super communal and, you know, you get cats and tents, usually there's a pile of them, like they're all near each other on the same surface and just sort of sleeping and randomly attacking each other (laughs) affectionately, so. So you are. I'm now picturing, because we talked that, Thrati and Nabu share a bunk bed because um, canonically Goran smell really good. <laughs> so we joked that to Thrani, Nabu smells like catnip and that Thrani would be in the lower bunk. And now I'm just picturing that Thrani has built like a little tent for themselves on the lower bunk. <laughs> We're basically adult children is what it seems to be. Because like he has a hammock in the corner with yeah. their stuff. So. Nice. And who knows how Major Tom slept? <laughs> I don't want to think about it. If they slept, I do picture that we're still finding those baggies 
uh, Ziploc bags of theirs all over the ship. Mackenzie <laughs> had a character named Major Tom, who was a shapeshifter. And for flavor, <laughs> our beloved Miu decided that when they shifted shape, they just shed the skin. So like if they were a human and they ch and they changed back to their normal form, there was just like this human skin suit on the ground and they would fold them up and put them in Ziploc bags in case they needed them for later. That is the grossest thing. <laughs> and also to eat them later. Yes. That's a, uh, what? <laughs> what? I had forgotten about that part. Yes. Repressed trauma. Thank you. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so horrendous. <laughs> Astrozoans are wonderful species. They have a lot of interesting and unique traits. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to think this is like Mew's own take. Like all the other Astrozoans are like, oh no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not how we no. Okay. That's not <laughs> how we do things. Yes. They did mm. grow up with elves. I was gonna say your parents did not teach you the proper <laughs> hand ladies, is what I like to think other Astrozoans would think if they met Major Tom. <laughs> There's actually some ornate ritual to burying their skin suit. <laughs> um, or maybe they just reabsorb them somehow and that's all there is to walk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Alright. So you are in drift space. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Joe Pepper in the lab, dictating her book. Uh, Navu, uh, where is Navu? Navu is probably on the bridge. Um, probably because it's the place that has the best Wi-Fi. Sure. <laughs> and is just kind of looking to see what new research has been published in the time they were working yeah, uh, you have a download from the Infosphere uh, where you last were, let's call it Idari. You were uh, on Idari uh, transporting something for Athens. Mm -hmm. And um, you you have kind of their, their research um, about the, um, the vast. They had some uh, explorers go out and come in. And um, so you can be reading over that. Ronnie, uh, where are you? Where I always am when we're at the stage piloting. I'm at the pilot station. Fantastic. So uh, as you're going, uh, roll uh, perception checks, uh, Navu and Throni. I love doing perception checks with my plus one. You know, it's, it's that a was 16. skill. Not bad. Better than anticipated. Oh, that's... <laughs> We, we both rolled fifteens. We did. Nice. Um, but you have a nineteen. Cause that's because I have more plus... wise. <laughs> <laughs> um. So with your nineteen, Nabu, um, if uh, you, you manage to kind of like you you glance up and um, you actually look out the the um the window on the flight deck, um, which. Is sometimes difficult to do. It's actually kind of smudged on the outside from different, uh, you know, detritus from space travel. And uh, the outside of the ship does not get as much love as the lab does. And but you you manage to look at one of the viewports and um, you see kind of this aurora like anomaly in the drift space. 
and Thrani, you um, piloting notice it on your sensors. Okay. That looks interesting. Immediately starting to take scans. Taking a scan, um, you get some um, some interesting readings. You're not sure exactly what they mean. Some of them have indications of different time points. Some of them give you different elemental readouts that you don't normally see in space. You normally see them um, either in the heart of stars or in the deepest oceans. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for uh, being in the drift. Thrani, you may want to take a look at this. Yeah. It is unusual. Like, can Ehel, can you throw that up on like the scanners? Or, or the, visual, the, the screen thing? I'd like to see what... Oh, sure. You want me to put something on a screen? Hmm... Didn't you know there's a button for that? You you want me to be the button. Oh, I get it. Okay. I'm an AI. I'll push a button. So beneath me. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I love them. I want them to be my editor. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you press a button? Look to your right. And if you do, like, throw your glance over there, it's already up. Like <laughs> the response seemed to be a little bit pro forma. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> what you see, um, you see, kind of a readout of where the hoopty is in galactic space and in, in the drift itself. As much as your sensors will allow you to see, which is not far. If you've ever looked at um, a radar of an un- oncoming storm, it looks like this big blob of color. And the Hoopty is a small speck with a trajectory heading straight in towards the darkest part of this anomaly. Like, we're not doing that. Uh, Navu, I need a second. And Throni will start frantically uh, trying to change the ship's trajectory to not go into the center of this dark splotch that they don't know what it is. Sure. Uh, roll a piloting Thanks. check. Thrani's trying to avoid it. Navu's like taking every scan <laughs> that they can. Oh, yeah. Navu, I let's try to like skirt the edges so you can get your your readings, and we still survive this time. Okay. I would not suggest going into this. There seems to be some sort of time anomaly energy involved. I don't even know what that looks like. Which color is it? I like the idea that Joe is just unaware that anything possibly dangerous is happening. She's just in the bathroom saying into a watch like only you can make your life what you envision it to be. That's great. <laughs> like, like just yourself like in the bathroom while we might die outside the bathroom <laughs> we might not well we don't know that we would die yeah true but but i like there's a situation happening and i'm not there's a situation <laughs> i really love that dr joe trusts us so much 
with their life that they're like, oh, it's fine. I'll just be in here writing a book. Sure, you can drive. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't care. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you um, managed to plot out a course. Um, the edges of the anomaly, you notice, are volatile. Every once in a while, you'll see um, on the readout a jetty of energy splash out from the somewhat organized shape that it is. It seems chaotic without any sort of purpose. So you are fighting against that chaos by, you know, plotting your course, redirecting it, plotting your course again, redirecting it. And you're managing to kind of stay on top of it for now. Do I feel like this is something that's sustainable or do I feel like this is something where we need to cut bait and run? I feel like it is something that Thrawny is stressed out about, but um, I don't know. What would Thrawny do with that? I think... I think Throni would trust Navu to let them know if things are getting too dangerous because that's that's what Navu does. Navu's like, y'all may be getting in trouble. How about we dial that back? Unjudgmental, just let's dial this back, maybe. It's going to be a bad idea. <laughs> and so I definitely trust that they're, since they're on their science readings, they're doing everything. And I was like, okay. Like, I, okay, just... Let me know when it's time to go. <laughs> this is if you uh, can find a path to avoid this, I would suggest we do so. Uh, awesome. And so, yeah, that would be Thorny is definitely going to be trying to pull the levers, push the buttons, get out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I think that's the point when Navu would kind of like go on comms on the ship in this like Captain Mal kind of moment of. <laughs> Um, everyone may want to strap in. We are avoiding a bit of an unusual anomaly in the drift. Hayhole pops on and says, I think you're just speaking to yourself. Your voice is not carrying over comms for unknown reasons. What did you do? (laughs) Y'all are the ones who installed me. I just work how I'm supposed to. And... With that, let's shift to Dr. Joe in the the lab. <laughs> so I didn't hear that? You didn't. Um, oh, okay. What you do hear, however, so you're, you're in this kind of enclosed space. What do the walls look like to you? Like, it's clean, but what, what, what does it look like? This is a terrifying question to get asked by a <laughs> What do I look like, at the flesh of my enemies? No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, I mean, I was imagining a very, like, and this might not be what the bathroom looks like, but, like, very, like, um, what do you call it? Like, a very, like, aluminum mm-hmm. kind of room, like, the, like, the, like, the steel, like, counters, and, like, I, I assumed it was very, like, clean steel, almost, yeah. everywhere. Like, it's, like, a weird, like, steel room is kind of what I was imagining, like, the toilet and the sink and, like, everything kind of just, like, matches this, like, clean metal flatness i, I was totally getting airplane yeah laboratory like, size wise i assumed it was like an airplane lavatory but with maybe like a small standing shower <laughs> <laughs> it's it's probably so um uh, 
in another life, I was a flight attendant. And so I had the the benefit of being on large planes and uh, I got to go into like large first class bathrooms um, on long haul flights. And so um, you could actually turn around in one of those. And um, if you really even wanted to, you there was enough room to sit on the floor. And so I imagine it's about that size um, where like you can walk in. You can actually stand at a sink and then you can turn around and there's a receptacle and probably some other hoses and accoutrement, different things. Yeah. Um, I imagine she's sitting on the toilet with her feet like up on the sink area. Like yeah. she's using the size to her advantage. So while Joe is dictating to uh, her comms to kind of write her book, the pressure in the room changes. You feel like... Um, some pressure in on your ears a bit and you hear this weird tinking noise on the walls and it goes from like the bottom of the floor all the way up the sides of the the uh, hull of the ship when she first hears the popping she pulls out a piece of spearmint gum and like puts it in her mouth <laughs> and is like oh i hate when this happens <laughs> Um, but tinking? What is that? Like, like little spider legs tinking? Like, um, a cross between cooling metal and maybe even a little bit of whining. I love the Foley work. It's great. <laughs> so where am I'm hearing this on the floor? Um, it's, so it's coming from behind the, the lav, um, that you're sitting on. I, I imagine that the the lavatory itself is uh, against the side of the the hull of the ship, so it's not like a central room or anything. It's actually like on the side of the ship. <laughs> I'm gonna knock back. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, like, um. So chewing her gum. She's <laughs> like. Yeah, what's up? It it seems to be moving um along this the This went knock three times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> three times. <laughs> um you do this and um you hear the 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 tinking and the the whining of the the metal move beyond the lavatory so like the the sound is going lower and the pressure actually in the room seems to move along with that sound um so the pressure changes your your ears kind of equalize one maybe even pop as as you've been chewing the gum that you put in and after that pressure moves along down the the the, the ship um, the temperature in the room kind of shifts and it drops uh, about 20 degrees. Oh, jeez, Louise. Okay, I'm going to go find the others. Yeah, because cold is unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> 20 degrees is like a jump in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go find the others. Fantastic. All right. Um, so you, you exit the lavatory and when you get into the ship itself, you see almost this lens like shift in the light ahead of you. And it looks like the hallway itself is tilting a little bit to the right and bowing outward. 
And on that, let's shift um, back up to the bridge. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to die by myself, you guys. <laughs> I think this is just the end of me. <laughs> I took some bad drugs or something. I don't know. Dr. Joe Pepper drug. is living her best life. <laughs> In the kaleidoscope hallway. Um, actually, it is a great time for a break. Um, so... Uh, let's oh, no. let's do that instead of uh, shifting back up to the bridge. Um, well, thank you all for tuning in and watching. Um, if you are listening to this on the pod, thank you so much for taking your time and listening. Let's go ahead and roll out. So let's start in reverse order. Mackenzie, where can we find you? What are you doing? Who are I you? I don't even know that. Um, no, uh, <laughs> I am at Mackenzie Wilkes on Twitter. Uh, and you can find me doing things on there. I am about to be starting a podcast with my partner, my wife, the love of my life called Dungeon Wives. We're at Dungeon Wives. Um, I also do a podcast called Dungeons Dice and Everything Nice you can find as well. I'm also on a show called Rise of the Demigods. We're on a bit of a hiatus right now. Um, so I'm not there as much, but that's sort of what I'm doing. Awesome. That sounds great. Uh, and follow at EQ Points. We will re- be retweeting all sorts of uh, links to things. Uh, and Calric, where can we find you? Who are you? What are you doing? <laughs> so I'm Calric. I can be found on Twitter at Cormalon. That's C-O-R-M-A-L-L-O-N. And I also monitor the EQ Points Twitter account. I am on here. I produce this show. I do the same for Kikuminera, where I'm the narrator with Kenny and uh, other fantastic people. I I think all of the other shows I'm on are on hiatus at this point. And so not sure with the holidays and all, I'm not sure what our schedule is going to be. So the only other thing of note is I am absolutely hands down desperate to find a Humblewood uh, game to play in. So if literally anyone hears this and wants to play Humblewood, let me know because I I have like 15 character ideas, one of them being a hedgehog and I'm super excited about all of them. So. That sounds great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And Steph. Who are you? Where can we find you? What are you doing? Oh, gosh, so many things. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Steph underscore Bard. When I am not here every other week, I just launched a new podcast with one of my friends called Film Fatales. We just released our first episode um, at the time we're streaming on the 11th. Um, and it was about the 1999 film The Mummy. We've got another episode set to come out in two weeks. And um, if you are watching live, I will be streaming with Little Red Dot tomorrow afternoon on Sunday the 15th um, in a Sunday Funday game. So that's going to be fun. Um, The details of that have not quite been released yet, but or they may have gone up while we were streaming. <laughs> but I will be playing a goblin. It's going to be fun. If you're listening to this on the pod, I will be linking, I'm sure, when the VOD hits YouTube. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks, Steph. 
Yeah. Um, my name is Kenny. You can find me on Twitter at PunderDrone. I retweet a lot. Sometimes I live tweet. I, I am learning that precious, precious skill that Steph has mastered and is the complete uh, winner of. Um, let's see here. I uh, DM this uh, this stream and pod, and uh, I'm on the Cumanera as the lovable uh, uh, bunny boy Hillian, uh, who sometimes turns into a ravenous were-rabbit. It happens. It happens Horrendous. to us all. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, other than that, uh, I'm kind of a free agent right now. So, um, Thank you all again so much for for tuning in uh your support and your listens and your likes and your love means so much to us and we will catch you all next time bye 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 thank you for listening to experience point starfinder if you're looking for more ttrpg podcasts in your life we recommend checking out our sister podcast roll to fail there are six friends who have no business behind the mic or rolling dice if you like what we've created then you should check out the other two podcasts on our network Cumanera, an adventure utilizing Numenera, releases every other Friday. This unlikely team is working for the Order of Truth to help communities under the influence of the strange and weird effects of Numenera. Pun Times is a collection of short-run TTRPGs. Our first season is a horror system called Slasher that utilizes fake core and is now available as a monthly podcast. Keep watching our Twitter for when we finally reunite to stream our finale. You can easily find all of our Experience Points podcasts on our website, experiencepoints.com. Until next time, adventure hookers!